his uh, shoes. His name was Ethan. I never met an adult named Ethan, by the way. <laughs> right? Anyone? I never, okay. So I was tying his shoes, right? And like after I tied his shoes, he was like, oh man, thank you, Mr. G. And I was like, you're welcome, buddy. And he was like, oh, Mr. G, Mr. G. I saw you. Like just deadpan. Like there's no like anything. And I was like, um, yeah, buddy, I'm here. You saw me, right? I'm here. Mr. G's in the house, in the school. And he was like, no, no, I saw you at Safeway the other day. And I was thinking, I don't go to the Safeway by the school. I go to the one in my neighborhood, you know, like all the way across town. That's, that's Mr. G's Sunday afternoon, you know? And I was like, I was like, oh, okay, buddy, that, that, that's cool. And I played off. When you, sometimes I would see a kid and they, um, like, um, hopefully it's not like where I don't want them to see me, but like, they would go like, oh, hi, Mr. G. And I'm like, oh, hey, buddy. And I don't know their names. And I had to look at the parent. I'm just like, I work for the school. Okay, here's my ID, okay? Because they're gonna walk away with the kid and just like, oh, who's that black man you were talking to? Who was he, you know? Um, so this kid was just getting really detailed. Uh, and I just wanted to like go and play. I was like, go go play, Ethan, that's great. Yeah, I was at Safeway. Mr. G needs his groceries, you know? And then he was just like, oh, you were in the frozen food section. That was aisle eight. You, were, had a, you only had a shopping cart. You looked like you were by yourself. The only thing in your sh shopping cart was a frozen pizza. And I was like, okay, buddy, that's enough, all right? And then he was like, Mr. G, Mr. G, one more thing. Um, do you always cry in the parking lot before you drive away? And I was like, oh, okay, buddy. <laughs> you don't know my problems, Ethan. Move along, you know? Move <laughs> along. Um, uh, little secret, um, I got high on 9-11. On, on and it... Oh, sorry, not that 9-11, the past 9-11. We're on the same page, right? Okay. <laughs> you ever got high and you, um, and you go to the grocery store and, like, it's not a good idea. I, you know, usually I have food ready for me at home, but, like, uh, I was really hungry and I wanted some taquitos. So I go and um, I was really, there's two brands. There's one with good quality taquitos. There's one with a lot of taquitos. So I took both and uh, went to the cashier. Thank you, life choices, and um, went to the cashier, and he rung up my stuff, and I was, um, I was, um, I was just like not really uh, looking at him, and then he was just like, "All right, your change came out to be 9/11," and then right there, I stopped, my heart stopped, and I look at the American flag right above his head, and I thought about the love I had for this country. <laughs> and I walked away with my bags, and then um, he was like, "Sir, sir." Don't forget. And before he said you changed, I was like, I will never forget. <laughs> okay? I'm an American. How dare you? Where's your manager? I want to talk to your manager. Um, in, uh, in Portland, uh, we take uh, diversity workshops um, sometimes for training. Yeah, it's true. There's a thing. Yeah, there's a whole center, Center um, Equity in, uh, in Portland, downtown. And uh, I had to do a diversity training for my job. And uh, just picture this. Uh, all the facilitators at that place, they were all white. <laughs> it's, a, it's a diversity training. 
this is how white it was too. Like, um, they thought it was a good idea. Every time we'd have a break time, they would play Kendrick Lamar uh, every time in between songs. I wish we could play it because you just see this like uptightness of just people settling down papers and pens while you just hear the lyrics of Kendrick Lamar and just just popping off the N word every single time. It was great. But um, my favorite thing was uh, my coworker uh, David was like, um, he was uh, really getting really emotional. Because he started realizing about like white privilege and he lost it. He was like, You guys, I don't want this white privilege, you know? And he had like tears coming down his eyes. And uh, everyone like uh, was just like, Oh, David, I know. You know? And then like everyone was like, like com- comforting. I was like, He doesn't want it? You know, I'm just like, I'm puzzled. Why? And he's like just bawling all on the table and everything. And like after the, the workshop, um, I was just still puzzled. I was like, man, he does not want it. And I look at the puddle of tears that was on the table where he was crying. I was like, yeah, he doesn't, doesn't want it. So I dipped my hand in it and um, I'm just saying, oh, oh, this is good. You want to hear this? Um, no, give her a hug, yeah. Um, I wiped it on my chest, uh, his tears. Um, thought um, that was a good idea because I went to the bank, you guys. Hey, I went to the bank. I didn't get that loan. Um, trying to get my mom that condo. I took a chance. You only live once. Okay. All right. I don't know what else I want to talk about. Yeah, I talked about a lot of stuff. Oh, uh, one thing that's disappointing in Portland is um, uh, it's, it's really scary as a black man like walking down the street. But... Um, it seems like Portland really evolved from the Black Lives Matter signs uh, because I was walking down the street and like this, uh, this old white lady, like she looked at me and I was like, oh man, man, she's gonna cross the street. It's gonna happen, you know? And I, and I just kept walking, but then she just like started walking at me like with a purpose, right? And I thought she was gonna pass me, but she stopped right in front of me, right? She smiles, bends down and tied my shoes, huh? Yeah, right? She tied my shoes well over 65. Her name is Florence. She said she liked my shoes, and um, she, I was like, thank you. And then she was like, be careful in these streets. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. She told me to stay strapped. Um, I got long shoelaces. I got triple knot them, you know? I got triple knot them. Yeah. I'm going to have that burrito. I'm Jay and George. Have a night. Bye. Give it up one more time for Jay and George. That was great. Bump that new before playing in the background right now. All right, we're gonna move right along. Uh, your next comedian coming to the stage. It's a really funny person. Uh, everyone, give it up for Molly Shero. Yeah, this is my third time on this stage this week, um, and there's been the same amount of people in every room. This is great. <laughs> Sold out. Everyone's in the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> I like to think that. Um, <laughs> everyone's just hanging out getting burritos. Uh, I smoked too much weed before I came up. This is gonna be great. Um, that's new in my life. Uh, I don't drink anymore. I had a drinking problem. Um, so now I don't do that. I just have regular problems. Um, 
It's weird since I quit drinking uh, I Remember Sex Now. I don't know if you guys ever do that. Um, it's a new thing for me. Um, I used to wake up the next morning like, maybe did something, maybe didn't. And now I'm like, you did something. I remember it. Don't do it again. Um, I like that even in my joke, I wait a whole like eight hours later to stick up for myself. Um, <laughs> It's pretty accurate. Uh, what else? Um, just, I, I knew I had a drinking problem because at one point I had two homemade Jack Daniels lamps in my apartment. Someone's like, she likes Jack and she likes light. Let's put them together. <laughs> and now I just sit in the dark a lot and crush the coils on my forehead. Um, it's a sad life. Um, no, it's great. I have a cat. I have a cat now. I don't it's, a, it's one of those lives. I found the cat. She came right up to me, sat on my lap, and she's not ever since then come near me. Um, <laughs> it's like, you're my new thing. And she's like, I don't like you. I just used you for a home. Um, <laughs> the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. Um, she's cool. Um, it was weird because I was worried about moving. I moved in with this other girl as a cat, so I was worried about our cats getting along, so I'd have a cat date. Um, so I took my cat and put her in a carrier and drove her to another apartment. In that moment, I realized that's the whitest thing I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> Like they're cats, they're zoos, animals get along, they'll be fine. Um, I just have two cats living my body when I die, so that's cool. Um, my cat and her cat is appropriately named Chewy. <laughs> Go for the eyes, Chewy. That's what I always say to him every morning. Um, <laughs> I know I had to move out of my last apartment because um, I lived with a guy named Pasta. Um, I don't know if you guys. I don't even need to explain what he looks like. Just imagine a fat guy named Pasta, and you pictured him. Um, I was like, do you have a real name? And he's like, yeah, it's just pasta. And this male came in as pasta. I was like, all right, this is scary. Um, I'm a survivor. I'm still here. Um, I, uh, it was weird. I, I got mad at him one time because he's watching porn. And I was like, dude, you're driving. Like, this is not <laughs> funny to me. This is terrifying. And then he started FaceTiming while he was driving, which is like the traducan of texting and driving, if you guys didn't know. Um, and the other guy he was FaceTiming with was also driving. <laughs> like there was some sort of 90s walkie-talkie fantasies they were living out. Like, I can see you while you see me. We're on the 101 together. Um, I'm a survivor, though. Um, it's a bad. I woke up one morning to him just throwing away his underwear, and I was like, cool, you shit the bed. Like, that's... <laughs> now I know why you have brown sheets. So all this makes more sense to me. Um, he did. It was weird. Okay, um, enough about pasta. Let's talk about my life. Um, I'm alone. Um, <laughs> surprise. Um, I asked out a coworker. Um, if you guys are thinking about asking out a coworker, don't fucking do it. Um, he said no. Uh, and then I didn't time it right. Uh, we had to work together for about an hour and a half afterwards. <laughs> I was like, you can go, Tom. <laughs> like, I got this restaurant. Um, <laughs> the whole thing, all of it. Uh, that was weird. He said, no, I don't go out. That's what he said. And he could have said anything. Like, no, we work together, Molly. That'd be fucking weird. Uh, he said, no, I don't go out. I'm like, um, Tom, this isn't your house. And I saw you at Disneyland last week. You're a fucking liar. Um, <laughs> jokes. It's fine. It's a happy ending, you know? It's a good ending. I'm alone and Tom's still alone. It's great. Um, <laughs> about two people not getting together. I just like when someone says flat out no to you, because that just means like, no, you, I know you enough. I don't need to know you anymore. And no, I never want to see you naked. Like, this is all of the no's. Um, it's fine. Tom still works there, and I said, so why? Um, 
I uh, also work at another restaurant with a girl named Natalie. Um, she told me that my face looked too small for my body. Um, <laughs> she's like, no, nah, it's because you're just a giant lady and your face is tiny. I'm like, oh, I'm not proportionate. Cool, thanks, Natalie. Pumpkin ass bitch. Um, I don't even know why I do this joke. I just really hate Natalie. I just want to talk about it sometimes. <laughs> just work in a restaurant, you guys know. It's terrible. It's just like the most sexually charged people in one area that never want to fuck each other. I think it's very frustrating. Um, don't fuck Tom. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I had another coworker recently. He was just like this giant guy came into my work. He was like 6'10", and I was just I'm six foot, so I was like, I met my future husband. Bye, everyone. Um, but uh, my coworker ruined it by like saying like, oh, you don't have to you get on your knees to suck his dick, like just grossing it out. And I was like, dude, I'm six foot. I don't get on my fucking knees to suck dick, okay? I lay in the bed, put my arms out, pretend I'm flying. Um, and you ladies should try. It's much more entertaining for us. Um, <laughs> true story. Um, what else in life? Um, I, it's weird. It is weird being tall because people just have like this thing when I walk into a room, they always have to point it out to me like it's a fun game for me. Um, like I went into a Rite Aid and the guy in front of me was like, hey, how tall are you? I was like, oh, I'm six foot. He's like, nah, I'm six foot. I'm like, it's cool, man. We can both be six foot. <laughs> and he just started shouting like, she thinks she's taller than that. And the one guy's like, yeah, I think she's a lot taller. And I was just like, I'm just trying to forget that I'm in a Rite Aid, you know? <laughs> just it's turning into the worst carnival game. You want to punch me in the face and guess my weight after this? I don't know. Uh, so I go to CVS's now. It's a story about a redemption. Um, 23 and meh. Um, I don't drink anymore. I guess most of my drinking stories for when I was 23. I can. Uh, I used to work at this deli, um, and this guy came up to me one time, asked me for a sandwich, and uh, you always have that moment where you try to f remember that person, like how you know them. And I realized I knew him because uh, he was a cop. And I used to work as a lifeguard. And we used to break into the pool at night. Um, and one night, I decided to get really drunk and climb the fence and jump into the pool. Uh, and when I was walking up, there was just like a group of people. And I was just like, oh, you guys are partying. Sorry. And then I realized they were cops. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I realized the cops were partying. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> they're like, no, you can stay. And I was like, no, it's cool. We'll just leave. So then they left, which is weird. Um, so it was just me and my drunk friend. And we climbed to the top of the wall. It's like an eight-foot wall. Jumped in the pool, naked, swimming. And then an on-duty cop came in and was just like, I was like, oh, I get it, man. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm sorry. And I walked out, and I could just see his like flashlight following me because I was naked. And um, but I realized, and then he just kind of was like, "Hey, man, you you work here, right?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, that's cool. You can keep swimming." And then just left. Uh, I couldn't figure out why he knew I was I was work I worked there, but then I realized I had a terrible one piece uh, tan line, and <laughs> just like I had vitiligo on half my body. Um, <laughs> But then I realized later on when I'm like at work that it's the drunk cop, or I was the drunk and he was the cop and I had to make him a sandwich. It was just not a, it was one of those moments where you're like, I should probably not be drunk all the time. <laughs> I should probably sell my Jack Daniels lamps. Um, <laughs> I don't even have them anymore. No, it's a sad story. I'll do one happy one, let other people do this. Um, let's do a happy one. <laughs> I feel like I'm always so sad on stage. Um, I'll end on this one. I, I get weird. Uh, my name is Molly. I get weird out when uh, a group of men are telling me they're going to do Molly tonight, and I'm the only <laughs> Molly in the room. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, is this going to be a gangbang or drugs? Which one is it? It's never gangbang. Um, I found that out. Uh, <laughs> 
But it's weird because I like having the name, uh, like a drug name. Like I didn't think of my parents having a drug problem. Because my sister's real name is Mary Jane. That's her real fucking name. And my brother's name is Crack. So <laughs> my parents have a real bad problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'll end on that. You guys have a great night. Enjoy the rest of the show. Molly Sherrill. Molly Sherrill, everybody. Clap it up. That was hella funny. I um, worst breakup I ever got in in my life. I'm gonna tell you this quick story. Um, this girl Natalie, she broke up with me on the night of this party. She got super fucking drunk, right? Super shit face. Ran outside of this party after throwing up all over the living room. Runs outside, takes a shit in the middle of the street. Mid shit, gets hit by a car. Yeah. She's okay, like she's fine, but afterwards she was like, Mike, we're breaking up. <laughs> and I was like, what What made, What made? part of that night made you think about breaking up with me right then? Because like that was more embarrassing than what happened to her, in my opinion. It's just like, I am now less than that moment, you know? But anyway, your next uh, comedian coming to stage, thought I'd share that with you guys. Um, very funny comedian. We have the same taste in shoes and um, I think soup. Everybody give it up for Ben Warren. Yeah, I do love soup. Like a good gazpacho. A cold, yeah, is that okay? Cold soup? No. All right. Uh, my wife makes me put ice cubes in her kid's soup. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, she's worried they're going to get burned because I don't pay attention to them when they're eating. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm a stay at home dad. All right. Not that into that. Cool. Let's, uh, let's talk about fisting for a second. <laughs> I run a show at a sex club, uh, in Portland. Thank you. Yep. That's, uh, it's a, a BDSM club for people in the swinger lifestyle. Yeah, which is awesome. I, I see, like, bucket list shit while I'm doing comedy, you guys. Like, you guys were talking about Pornhub. My show is like Pornhub. Like, just just going on in the back, you know? Somebody's getting fisted. Somebody's getting shocked in the taint. I don't even know. <laughs> so the better we do the more wild the sexual acts are afterwards. I wasn't even going to talk about this. I don't know why I did. I was, I was working the door at the swinger show, and uh, this, this woman came up to me, and she said, uh, hey, I just bought you know, a ticket to the show. Got to know, is there re-entry? And I was like, ma'am, it's practically required here. <laughs> All right. Uh... I guess I'll tell you guys a little story about a pivotal point in my life, you know, uh, when I was about 23. Uh, I used to live in a shack. Anybody here live in a shack? Yeah, some people have lived in a shack. Awesome. I love how enthusiastic people who don't live in a shack anymore are about the time they lived in a shack. Uh, it, you might be like living in a shack if your rent is $60 a month, but you split it four ways. <laughs> you know, like our... our uh, oh. Man, our utility bill doubled our rent. 
Like and that was just a fridge and a hot water heater during the months where we had water flowing into the house. Like uh it our wood stove was meant for like a a 3000 or 5000 square foot warehouse. That's a warehouse. I don't know my square footage very. I'm a comedian, not a builder, uh but uh a very big shop. And so you could not be in our house in the wintertime and be wearing clothes. Or you had to be wearing a lot of clothes. It was on or off, you know. So we're like, we're sitting around in our underwear. We're studying up in the shack. My buddy Matt comes back inside. He goes, guys, I don't want to alarm you. I went out into our driveway. This shack was on a 500-acre horse farm. So, like, we didn't get visitors. He goes, there is a strange van parked in our driveway. He goes, I went to see who was inside, and they ducked. And I knocked on the window, and a hand came up and locked the door. And we reacted, y'all. Because, again, it's never a good thing. It's like your landlord coming up to tell you he's going to leave five hound dogs staked out in your yard for the next six months or the cops coming to find your ganja crop that you've got going on in the back you know it's like it's never good so we we sprang into action like put on shoes grabbed shotguns ran out onto the porch without any other clothes on and there we were the three of us standing there on the porch and i yelled identify yourselves and my buddy matt let off a big blast from his shotgun and without even coming into view the driver of that van peeled out of our driveway and left just all down like this gravel flying anybody would have been pretty satisfied with that but uh we were drunk so we got in the truck and chased after him My buddy Matt was driving, and uh, I was sitting shotgun with the shotgun, and uh, Matt was, or, and Adam was sitting bitch, you know, because he didn't have a shotgun. I'm not saying you have to have a gun to be cool. I'm just saying, like, if you, you know, you can't sit in a win- windowed seat where you got to have a shotgun sticking out, you know, if you don't have anyway. We chased him over the hills. There were sparks flying off of that minivan. <laughs> It was the most exciting car chase I've ever been on in my life, uh, y'all. Maybe it was the booze. But we we cornered him in this driveway. And we're like, okay, we got him now. We're going to figure this out. And we're like, let's get out and get him. And then we're like, we don't have any clothes on. Maybe let's go home. We'll come back in the morning. We know where they live. So we went back home, rested up, came back the next day. No guns. But we went and knocked on the door. We said, hey, man, where's your van? What were you doing on our land last night? And the guy goes, I wasn't there, and I don't own a van. He said, but one pulled in my driveway last night. They refused to identify themselves, and I let off my shotgun, chased him out of here. Like you do in Black Mountain, North Carolina, apparently. I don't know. Uh, oh. A week later, I was walking down the street. And I'm really sorry, guys. This is like a long walk with not a lot of stuff. I promised you jokes and i'm really letting you down here but uh we'll get back into it i was walking down the street and a van comes up in my direction i didn't even think anything of it but all of a sudden the driver disappeared from view (laughs) and it drove right past me real slow 
and then it came to the end of the dead end street I was walking down. And so I turned around, I walked down there, and I looked in the van, and there crouched down, y'all, uh, was my future wife. That was too abrupt of a twist, wasn't it? I, was this lady, the best damn duck down driver I had ever seen. <laughs> we started dating, man. We got married. And uh, now I don't live in a shack anymore. That's all I'm saying. She, yeah, she pays for me to do comedy. She's like, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> it's just uh, like if you are going to be a dirtbag, just go hard in the paint, okay? And eventually maybe your girlfriend will do something and get you out of the shack. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you can do it. Um, mm. I worked in the ER for a long time. Uh, and being a stoner in the ER is good. It kind of like, uh, it, it brings a different perspective to things, you know? Like if you just have a bunch of sober people sitting around trying to figure out how to save a life, maybe a stoner might just interject and be like, oh, hey, what if we just tried this? It's unorthodox and it sounds dumb and I know I just make minimum wage here, but trust me We can save a life. <laughs> I Don't know. Oh One time I actually saw a doctor uh, shock a conscious guy while I was high <laughs> People are like holy shit man, how did you how did you know that happened? And I didn't at the time the guy fooled us all to be honest he was he must have been laying just extra still and looking kind of dead. Uh, but basically, the doc was like, okay, I'm charging. Everybody clear. Get your hands off this dude, okay? He didn't say dude. That was just me over here being high. But it, And then he goes, clear. And the guy puts his hand up, and he goes, don't shock me again. Which means he remembered when we shocked him the first time. And that doctor killed that guy. <laughs> and I saved him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, that was your alarm. Good. I was like, oh, man. Is that my alarm? <laughs> I feel like I have uh, one of those, like, uh, if that guy can do it, I can do it body types. <laughs> no. All right. A little bit. A little bit. Maybe. I'm working on it. I won 48 pounds last year. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I win. I'm trying to lose them, though, now. I'm not worried. Averaging heuristic here. That's good. Uh, mm, you know, one thing you got to be careful about in the ER is when somebody, uh, somebody you know, like, there are always people training in the emergency room. How are you supposed to know as just a regular old person? Like, when I first learned how to sew people's faces up. You know, and people be like, "You good at this? You, you gonna, you gonna get me fixed up?" And I'd be like, "Oh yeah, you wouldn't believe how many times I've done this before." Zero. <laughs> people are like, "Well, that's weird." Yeah, that's how we get good is practicing. I was in the ER one time uh, with my wife. We were, I was in her her little like work lounge, and uh, I said, "Whoa, babe!" I opened up the freezer. I was like, "There is a lot of beef tongue." In the freezer, this is not a taco stand. What's up with that? And she goes, uh, well, we use the beef tongue to practice repairing torn vaginal tissue. Like in a birth, you know? 
because you don't want us practicing on actual torn vagina. And I stopped her and I was just like, are you saying that beef tongue feels like a vagina? <laughs> and uh, she apologized to her coworkers and stormed out. And I grabbed a beef tongue and slipped it into the baby carrier. <laughs> the carrier. But I had to bring it back a little bit later to have it repaired. Ooh. Beef tongue. That's crazy. It's weird being being married to a doctor, man. My wife uh she says I don't dress nice enough for it. And that she yeah. <laughs> that's it. She wants me to be a trophy husband and I am <laughs> Just, this doesn't just happen overnight, okay? That's all I'm saying. Like, you got you to gotta do it. That's good. That's really good stuff. Um, we've been together for 15 years, y'all. Thank you. Yeah. In a monotonous relationship. <laughs> the other day I shaved. Uh, the other day. It's been a little while now, let's be honest. Uh <laughs> I shaved, and when I came out of the bathroom, she took one look at me, and she goes, well, I'm glad we fucked this morning. <laughs> that's, hurt, that's hurtful. I, I really, I, I actually don't mind it. I know that I'm better with a beard, uh, so I, I don't shave anymore. That's why it looks so good. <laughs> Pam was like, dude, you, you maybe need to, do we need to talk? You wanna? Pam looks like she wants to hug me right now back there. <laughs> No, I am in a good, we're in a good place. We're in a good place. Um, she said we could start looking for sister wives. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, babe, sister wives. That sounds so good. Let's do some sister wives. How about, can we have three more sister wives? She goes, three? She goes, how many women are you going to disappoint in your life? It's like, ooh, babe, easy. She says, seriously, what about, what do you need with three women? I said, we need somebody to stay home and watch the kids a designated driver and a drinking buddy. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm going to get a, a secret vasectomy. We'll keep trying for Jesus, but you know, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Uh, and she stopped me, though. She was like, hey, listen, uh, fuck whoever you want. But uh, if you have fun with, a, with another woman, I'll kill you. Oh, I know. She's fiery. That's what I like about her. I do love it. I love it a lot. Um, let's see here. We've been doing a little bit of role playing lately. Uh, do a little role playing. Yeah, thanks. I know maybe this is a very vanilla crowd, apparently. Okay. <laughs> do, doing some role playing. We uh, kind of spice it up. We decided to start doing a, a doctor scenario. Right? So I went into the bedroom. And I waited. About 10 minutes later, she poked her head in. She's like, uh, the doctor's running a little bit behind today. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be right in. You guys have been a really amazing and patient audience. Thanks for your time. Good morning, everybody. And that... And that is the show. Thank you all for coming to 23 in May. Uh, my name is Mike. And uh, yeah, have, have a good night. I have to pee really bad.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryan. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good special happy hour prices all night long with your mutiny radio comedy festival ticket march 1st through 5th check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com come take a seat i had a date there and it did not go well but it wasn't the fault of the place they're very nice asiento For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF.
Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside...
That's right, Van Halen, not Van Hagar, because this is Millennials versus Gen X, and we are Gen Xing the fuck out of this thing. Are there any Millennials here? That's amazing. This place is filled with Millennials because we're not giving away any participation trophies at this event. Surprised you guys showed up anyway. All right. So, hey, uh, before I get too started with things, speaking of millennials versus Gen X, Luke Perry died. Yeah, Luke Perry died. For, I think he did too much 9021 blow. Yeah, boy. Speaking of blow, guys, we're about to go to war with uh, uh, Venezuela. So we're starting to amass troops in Colombia. Uh, so cocaine's going to get really expensive soon. So you might want to stock up or uh, buy, you know, I don't know, stock up. That's the word to the wise. Anyway, we're here as far as I'm conter- concerned as, as, let me Jen explain this event here tonight to all you p- people out there. 
As far as I'm concerned, this is a roast of fucking millennials. We're just gonna we're just gonna dump all over you for like a whole hour. It's gonna be great. Yeah. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I mean, why? It, it, see, it's fun already, right? Just thinking about it is just the anticipation. It's precious. It's great. I love crapping on you guys. The future for you guys, ha! Huh? Good luck. I mean, you guys are, you, we can't depend on you guys for shit, right? It's just so obvious. I mean, you're all deathly allergic to peanut butter and bread, for starters. I mean, when Armageddon comes, I'm just going to make a couple sandwiches and fight off all your hordes and survive to rebuild society in my image. Wait, for what? Yeah, I don't have to wait too much longer. I mean, now that they've discontinued antibacterial soap, you guys are due for a die-off once you touch dirt for the first time. The shock to your system will be too much for you guys. I mean, how could you be allergic to bread? Bread is the thing that is, like, most closely associated with, like, civilization, right? I mean, before bread, we were in huts. Then we had bread, and now we have civilization. I mean, we can't trust you guys with bread. How can we trust you with civilization? Straight line reasoning right there. Welcome to the collapse. I mean, you guys are so... I was recently, speaking of dirt, I was recently reminded that my generation and all the generations before me, we used to eat dirt as kids, right? It gave, it gave us grit, right? But you idiots are eating Tide Pods. What the... Completely the other way. Now you're just too weak. Speaking of week, you guys got the Momo challenge too? Not just the Tide Pod challenge, the Momo challenge. You guys know what that is? You challenge each other to commit suicide. And you do it. Like lemmings. You don't win the Momo challenge. You Darwin the Momo challenge. You even got this thing, the condom challenge. You guys know about this one where you're snorting condoms? They had a condom challenge when I was growing up. The challenge was to wear a condom. <laughs> Just one thing after another, you got your stupid fucking diets, your stupid fucking paleo bullshit. Paleo, I'm so paleo. How come I'm not losing weight? I'm so paleo. Because you're not fucking paleo, that's why. You know what is paleo? Shivering. Shivering's paleo. It works your core. Gets those hard-to-reach muscles. That's why they were so ripped back in the paleo days. They were shivering all the time. Tried your stupid diets, your stupid kombucha. God damn, someone took turnt wine and skunk beer and mixed them together. That's what kombucha is. Now that I'm drinking it, I realize it's the slurry they use for fracking. It's causing major climate change in my microbiomes, and I am producing methane. That's a science joke, in case you're wondering. So I got off of that shit, and I started eating kimchi instead. Holy shit, now that I'm eating kimchi, I gotta say, what the fuck is wrong with Koreans? How do you make cabbage worse? I eat that stuff, it makes me Kim Jong-il. 
Zing. Yeah, it's one thing after all with you guys. You're just too soft with everything. You're too soft with weed, too, man. 420, so played out. You can vape in the library now, guys. It's like smoking weed is not cool or hip or dangerous anymore. Nerds took over 57 kinds of different oil. Pathetic. Who here remembers 1987? The year America ran out of weed. You see, back then there was weed or no weed. Those were your options. Not like which club has the special on red Congolese and who's got the, it was how much sativa is in that. Me, 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 me. We used to be homo sapiens looking each other in the eye as we passed the joint around, right? We used to save the roaches and hoard them till Sunday because they were special. <laughs> you guys don't do that shit. You just cartridge, 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 la, la, la. All a bunch of fucking homo sativas and homo indicas just sucking down on your individual wrapped vape pens. Devolving before my eyes, walking headlong into traffic with your Pokemon, go walk off a cliff, nav apps. Nav app completely necessary now because you've lost your ability to find your friends in a park. Pathetic. You guys got it too easy with pussy too, man. I'll tell you that. When I was growing up, that shit was the nom down there, man. You were in the jungle looking out for Charlie and shit. You didn't know which way was north. The orgasm was still a myth. <laughs> the G-spot hadn't been invented yet. And the clitoris was like the Mayan city of gold swallowed up by the jungle. We didn't have the vagina monologues or Google Maps to help us out back then. We had to figure that shit out on our own. Now it's like fucking Iraq war down there, man. Nothing but scorched earth, right? <laughs> Nothing between you and Baghdad. No mystery. It's pathetic. Are there any millennials on the, the bill tonight? You're all millennials? <laughs> so it's just me against all you guys. <laughs> and I'm winning. <laughs> so anyway, we didn't go over who was coming up first or second. But is, is there's sort of an order on the, uh, we're all uh, comfortable with the order on Facebook. Cool, which means Robert. Robert Pang is coming up first to defend his generation. Give it up for Robert Pang. Oh yeah, our generation is fucked. There's no, there's no defending it, right? There's literally no defending this shit, right? Like I, I, I was lost today because my phone died. Like I don't know what, how the fuck I even got here. Like what the fuck? Like I tried to look at a, a real map. I'm just like, what is all these squiggly lines? Like just show me where to go. Seriously, what the fuck, right? 
Like, my, uh, like, Asian millennial is even more fucked than, like, normal millennials, right? Like, Asian millennials are just, we've been through a lot. Like, seriously, just look, just treat us better, okay? Because we've been through a lot, seriously. Like, like white people have so much options. Like, white kids have so much options, right? If they can, fu if they fuck up school, they can, like, do trade school, they could like do music, they can maybe do stand-up comedy, right? Like we are Asian millennials, like if we fuck up school, we're just fucked, right? It's either we go to engineering school or we die in the sweatshop somewhere. Like there's no there's no middle ground, right? Like seriously, like Asian millennial, we like if we don't get a good job, that means we can't get a good car. That means we can't get a good house. That means we don't fuck. Like at all. Like have anyone here not fucked? Give it up if you're not fucked. Only me? Seriously, god damn it. Seriously, like if, you, uh, if you're wondering like if you're a Gen X or you're a millennial, just ask yourself this question, okay? What's more sexy, a 12-inch dick or a 12,000 square foot condo in downtown uh, San Francisco, right? It's just like, seriously, like, like for us, it's like we'd rather have the condo because a condo will solve all of our problems, right? Like just like, even if like we can't get like, the good sex, like we can still jerk off to a waterfront view, which is much better than whatever the fuck we're doing. Just like, seriously, I need a house, right? Like I fucked up my life. I know exactly when I fucked up. College, anyone to college here? Anyone to college here? We all went to college, right? Because we're the millennials, right? And we're so fucking dumb, right? Seriously, I, can, I know this one guy from college who can build any kind of bridge in the world, any kind of bridge. But you know what kind of bridge he can't build? The bridge of human connection. Like, that guy is never getting laid, right? Like, and the dumbest guy I know, the dumbest guy I know spent a thousand K to go to engineering school, graduated, can't find a job, and now is doing stand-up comedy on Mutiny Radio. Like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with me? Like, seriously. Like, we, we can't, we don't know how to talk to people. Like, I'm so fucking lonely right now. Like, <laughs> seriously, I'm so lonely. Like, like, I did the loneliest thing possible. Like, last New Year's Eve, I mean, uh, New Year's Eve celebration, I went to watch the fireworks in downtown alone, right? Like, that's the saddest thing ever. Like, for the whole time when I was there, when I was, like, waiting for the fireworks to start, for two hours straight, I just tried to pretend to try to find my friends, right? It's just like, <laughs> hey, where are you, man? Where are you? Yeah, Wang, Wang, are you here? Yeah, Wang, Wang, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking, yeah, I'm at, the, I'm at the waterfront. For the two hours when I was there, I was just walking around doing that, because if I sat down, people would have been like, oh, look at this piece of shit, he's here watching the fireworks alone, right? It's just like, seriously, seriously, talking to people, that's how, do, how do people do it? Right, people like I don't know how to get a job at all. Right, like it's all online job application now. And, like jo online job applications are just fucking nightmares. Right, I like, just like I see this one job post like entry level position, three years experience needed. Like three years experience. That's like a girl who's like, oh my god, I want to date a virgin, but you need to be an anal, have a sex dungeon, and three years experience. Like what the hell, man? Like by the way, if you know a girl like that, call me. I can build a great sex dungeon. There's so much duct tape at my house. I don't. I don't know what to do with it. Right? Like I'm an engineer. Yeah. So it means like I'm more socially awkward in talking to people. Like people try to give me advice when I can't find a job. They're like, Robert, if you can't find a job, you gotta network. You gotta go out there and you gotta talk to people. Like seriously, fuck you. Okay. Whoever gave that advice, fuck you. All right. I'm a millennial. I don't know how to talk to people. Like when you are out out there drinking, partying, and having sex, I was at home studying math like a good boy. 
But no, you can't hire me because I'm socially awkward. But you can hire the douchebag who stole all my homework because he's cool. And he knows how to talk to people. Like, look, I know I want to know how drinking works, right? Like, I don't I don't know how fucking drinking works. Like, you drink and some magic happens and boom, you're pregnant. Like, what? What is this sorcery? Somebody teach me this shit, right? Like, crack. Crack is amazing, right? I wish I was addicted to crack, okay? Because at least crack is so cool. Like when you're snorting crack, like people look up to you, like, whoa, that guy's smoking crack. You know what I'm addicted to? League of Legends. Like nobody is looking up to me because I sit in front of a dark room all day, sitting in front of a computer, just clicking a button. Like at least when you're addicted to crack, you're getting exercise, right? Like I look like I have no exercise at all. Like seriously, like like if I was on crack around me, I'll be like, <laughs> and then I'll be like, all this twitching is gonna make me lose weight. But like I don't do that. Like God damn it, I was I was a cool I was a nerd kid. God, we're all nerd kids. All Asian kids are nerds. Just like God. Damn it. Like every Asian kid I talk to is just like engineering degrees. Like what are you gonna do with that engineering degree? I'm gonna work in a convenience store because fuck me. Right? Seriously, seriously, like the fuck? Like we all have good degrees. Like what's what's your degree, sir? What's your degree? Oh, okay, uh what's your degree? <laughs> you deserve your fate. You also deserve your fate, right? But like I have a fucking engineering degree, I'm still doing stand-up comedy. Like I'm making literally like 15 bucks an hour, do and then like doing stand-up comedy on the side because I because I don't know how to get a job at all. Like seriously, like if you're wondering like what kind of engineer can't find a job, it depends on the engineering. Okay, like every other kind of every other kind of engineer is a hero to society, but a mining engineer that's a Captain Planet villain, right? It's just like Tony Stark can build killer robots all day and kids look up to him. But when I want to build one coal mine, suddenly Chuck Norris appears and kicks me in the face because nature, nature, oh my God, seriously. Millennials, could you just stop with this environmental shit? Like I, I need a fucking job, okay? Listen, I, I said, I said too much on stage. Like I, I talked, I trash talk Ch China too much, right? Like I can't go back to China now. If I go back to China, they'll be like, "Do you want to see the death camp?" Because you are there all the time, right? Like just, like, like I am so fucked. Like seriously, like I, I wish I was that kid back in the sweatshop, right? Like I wish I didn't leave China in the first place. Because that kid back in the sweatshop, he is doing way better than me, right? He's like, he can make an iPhone in five seconds. Like, what could I do? Linear algebra. Give it up if you know what that is, right? Give it up if you know what linear algebra is. What is linear algebra, sir? That's a problem. That's a problem right there, right? What am I supposed to do? Like, impress my employer with my ability to invert the matrices? Like, do you even know what that means, right? Like, there's nothing on my resume. Like, there's nothing on my resume except this, right? Because, like, I don't care what you people say. This is three years of public speaking experience, right? Like, I'm not... <laughs> like, do you know how hard it is for an Asian engineer to get a job? In, in this economy, like, do you know how many Asian engineers there are in the world? Like, every pile of resume, there's like just a bunch of Wangs and Pangs and like Laos, right? And then you see this Miller guy, it's like, oh, he's a white guy, I'm gonna hire him because he speaks English. Like, I don't, like, look, look, I, I'm not even doing this for some bullshit dream. No, I'm doing this co to convince white people that I speak English, which I assume <laughs> I am speaking to you or you're just laughing to not seem racist, right? Like. Like, I really don't belong in the corporate world. Like, seriously, like, you know, I actually got an engineering job for like a month, right? You know how I got fired? How did I get fired? Yeah, that's right, why not? No. 
I wish I did that. Fuck. <laughs> Dude, I, I got fired because I took a nap during a job orientation, right? Like, again, I can't even keep myself awake for one single fucking job orientation, right? Like, it's just, like, I can't, I have narcolepsy. Like, I developed it when I used to go to church, church back in the day because all the sermon was so fucking boring. So I slept through every sermon. And then, like, when I went to university, I slept through every lecture because they were also as boring. And then, like, because of this, like, environmental effect of, like, every time someone is boring talks, I just fall asleep. I fall asleep during a job orientation and I got fired immediately. Like seriously, I can't hold a fucking real job, right? Because we're all pieces of shit. Yeah, I never had sex. And I, I didn't even have sex. Seriously, I never had sex. Like I wa I think I'll be great at the sex though because I watch a lot of demonstration videos, right? Like, I read all the articles on the subject, right? I know all about the sex, the anal sex, the vaginal sex, and the tentacle sex. Like, ladies, please, we have options, right? I have to admit, like, our porn is way better than the Gen X porn. Like, he was probably masturbating to, like, some Playboy magazine. Like, we, like I masturbated to a Playboy magazine once, and it was really boring. I was just like, there's so many articles and one picture. It's like, what the fuck is the point of this shit? Like, like we, are, we masturbate to some really deep shit. Like, I don't even masturbate to normal porn now. Like, what I masturbate to is, like, a combination of weirdo hentais and, like, weirdo ASMR where this, this girl just talks dirty to me and I just jerk off to that. It's, it's kind of weird, right? Like, it's not that weird at all. Like, it's not that weird. Like, uh, the next generation is going to figure out even weirder porn. Like, they're just, they're just going to be like, you'll masturbate to a screen. Like, I have this robotic sex doll that's in my closet all the time. That's what I'm masturbating to. And the, the Chinese will make that robotic sex doll. So, like, you better buy iPhones or else we're gonna, that's not going to happen, right? So, I, I, I have a flash a flashlight, obviously. I have a flashlight, right? Yeah, because I'm a millennial, I never had sex. Obviously, I have a flashlight, right? But, like, don't get a flashlight. It's such a waste of money, right? Like, it's 60 bucks for the flashlight, but, like, what they don't tell you is you gotta keep buying lube or else your dick is gonna fuck up, right? So, like, you gotta keep buying lube, which is, like, 15 bucks a month. So, like, a 60 bucks flashlight and, like, lube, like, that's just a World of Warcraft subscription, right? Like, I can't keep buying that shit, right? And then, like, the thing about flashlight is that like they don't tell you is that every time you use a flashlight, it makes this weird squishing noise. It's like unplugging a toilet, you know? Like, you know, <laughs> you, you, sir, you laugh, you have a flashlight, right? Or is that what you call your girlfriend? I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> right, but like it makes this weird squishing noise. And like I live in a small condo, so like my walls are like really thin, right? So like I can't keep using that flashlight or else like, my neighbor's gonna be wondering, like, why am I I'm unclogging a toilet, like, every single day? It's just like, what's going on, right? So I had to get rid of it, right? Because also I live with my parents, so, like, I don't, I don't know where to keep a flashlight. Like, seriously, is there, like, a good hiding spot for a flashlight that doesn't get moldy? Is there, is there anything, like, dildos? How do girls hide dildos? I don't, they don't even need to hide dildos. They own that dildo, but I have to, hide a flashlight and it was too much, it was too complicated. So I just threw that flashlight away because I tried to sell it at first, right? I tried to sell a flashlight and then like nobody was buying it on Craigslist. So I'm just like, oh my God, I have to get rid of it. Anyway, that's all I have. Thanks a lot. Give it up for Robert Pang.
of No Bang Theory. Oh man, I never thought I'd feel so sorry for you guys, but after the woes of a millennial, I almost feel too bad to roast you guys a little bit more with your stupid fucking workouts, your stupid fucking CrossFit, big for nothing CrossFit. My God, they had this thing that took the place of CrossFit when I was growing up, they were called chores. We had chores back then, kept us fit. Yeah, CrossFit, the only reason to do CrossFit is to just do more CrossFit. That's cocaine. See, cocaine went to rehab and came back as a fitness routine. And that's why we have CrossFit today. CrossFit did a movie about themselves. They called themselves the fittest people on earth. But how do you call yourself the best at anything if you're not competing against any black or brown people? More like burning CrossFit. Zing! The reason I, I bring this up, it looks like this next guy does CrossFit. He looks pretty goddamn fit, quite frankly. Give it up for Carl Berger. Keep it going uh, for Matthew. Keep it going for Pam. The, 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 the reason that we're all here right now and this sold out. You guys can sit down. Thank you for the standing ovation. I appreciate that. This packed out room. And tens of listener. Uh, is real quick question: Is th- is that a trope of millennials that like millennials don't have sex? Is that like a thing that I missed out on? Because oh, is it <laughs> not the Asian women I know, my friend. Uh, <laughs> not the ones that I know. Uh, my name is Carl. I I've been a millennial for 28 years. Thank you. Um, I don't feel I don't feel very like aligned with the the millennial folks. I grew up in a small town in rural Maine and Maine's kind of a weird place. It's like, uh, it's like way back. It's like when I graduated high school, people still had frosted tips and Janko jeans. Like, like that truck to JC Penney's just got to Maine in 2008. <laughs> we were like, Oh, this is sick. This is sick gear. Pearl jam's awesome. And we missed, we missed all the cool hip shit, but Maine's Maine's a really funny place. <coughs> I don't know if you guys are even fucking familiar with Maine. Uh, we're all the way on the West Coast. Does anybody know, like, where, well, you know where it is, but does anybody else know, like, Maine at all? Yeah, okay, a little bit. It's, like, way up in the woods, and it's it's a really weird mix between, like, kind of progressive hippies and, like, real weird northern rednecks. Like, just, my like, my folks went there. They moved to Maine to grow weed. But then at the same time, like, I have a cousin who lives in Maine, and he, like, he like shot out all the street lights on his block because he was like, I don't like light pollution and it's a waste of power. Uh, but he did, <laughs> but he did that out of his like big diesel truck after smoking PCP all day, and it was like, uh, it's, a, it's a good point, but maybe, maybe take it easy on the PCP, Casey. Maine, man, it's weird. Uh, I'm an only child too. I'm an only child. That's like I feel like that's a millennial thing. Like people used to have big families. Both my parents come from bigger families. Only child. I don't know what your guys's view of only children are. Uh, is is there anybody else who's an only child in here? Oh fuck me. It's just all right. <laughs> my parents just didn't like fucking. Uh, <laughs> they didn't like each other. I, I'm always surprised. They hated each other. They fought so much. I'm like, how did you guys even like, how did you guys stop drinking and yelling at each other to like actually have sex? One this is crazy. Anyway, this is for <laughs> forgot. I got the, I got the therapy, uh, podcast tomorrow. That's what I'll be talking about. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about only, ch- sorry, I got off track. 
only children. Like, I don't know what you guys think about it. For me, being an only child, it just means that I don't fully get uh, incest porn. Like, <laughs> I don't fully comprehend the appeal. Like, I'm going to watch it. Of course, I'm going to watch it. But I just I watch it like I'm watching a Woody Allen film. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get why everybody's talking about it. <laughs> like, okay, I get it. He likes New York. <laughs> And fucking his daughter, you know what I mean? Woody Allen, he's a monster. Uh, <laughs> he is. Everybody's like, greatest filmmaker alive. I was like, really? You know? <laughs> fucking, I don't think Scorsese was fucking his kids, but <laughs> it's true. <laughs> what else did I want to talk about? Millennials, we don't, uh, we don't like commitment. We don't commit to anything, right? Like, commitment's tough. You know, we don't commit to uh, jobs. We don't really commit to relationships. We don't commit to finishing. Uh, so I don't. <laughs> that was like that was like a wordplay thing. You guys are smart. I, I had trouble with commitment. I I had a breakup last year. I say I had a breakup because like it was a mutual thing. You know what I'm, t I'm talking about? Like a mutual breakup, where like me and uh, my girlfriend at the time we like sat down, we got together, hashed it out, and we came to the mutual. Uh, agreement that I was a complete asshole, uh, incapable of loving another human being, uh, and I'll probably be alone forever. That's how that mutual <laughs> agreement works out. I get it. Like I do. I have a problem. I do have a little problem. With, like uh, it's this. Uh, it's this. This. This hereditary problem um, that 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 limits my like dating abilities. It's, it's, I'm a man. Uh, <laughs> that's part of it. So like, I just have to be right about everything. Uh, and I will fight you. Uh, if you disagree with me, I will fight you. Uh, it sucks. I would get into the dumbest, like pettiest arguments toward the end of our relationship. For example, my girlfriend, she was like, she wanted to buy a really high end blender. Oh, the blender material. He, he walked on the blender material. <laughs> it's getting edgy. If you guys wanted edgy, <laughs> you shouldn't have booked Carl. <laughs> I'm about to talk about blenders. <laughs> uh, yeah, she wanted to buy this high end blender, which I think is, that's like, that's fairgrounds to break up with somebody but you don't need to spend five hundred dollars to make like a two dollar smoothie you're never going to get that roi back that's just that's bananas she came to me and she's like hey i did <laughs> it's true right <laughs> like why would you spend that much on a fucking you shake up some fruit i don't know but she came to me and she was like hey look i did all this research and uh i think i'm gonna go with the vitamix blender i i think that that's yeah, Pam's like, it's a good blender. You're fucking right, it's a good blender. <laughs> she goes, I think that's the best blender. I was like, oh, you think that's the best blender? That's cute. Because uh, actually, Blendtec blenders, they're the best blender on the market for both consumer and professional level. Uh, and she was like, well, Vi Vitamix blenders, they spin so fast that they can turn your vegetables into hot soup within minutes. And I was like, that's fucking Bush League, Amber. Uh, Blendtec blenders, not only can they do that, they have a 3.8 horsepower motor and uh, patented nonstick polycarbonate blades that could liquefy an iPhone. And she was like, why would you ever need to liquefy an iPhone? I was like, it's not about needing to liquefy an iPhone. I just want to know that I can liquefy my iPhone. We watched Snowden together. You don't get me. Uh, <laughs> so we broke up. Uh, <laughs> we broke up because I'm an asshole. It's, that's what it boiled down to. Uh, and I would never date a psychopath that thinks a Vitamix blender is better than a Blendtec blender. <laughs> I wish that guy stayed for the whole blender bit. He would have been blown away. <laughs> would have been would have been liquefied by my blender material. <laughs> Everything from here on out is just about blenders, guys. So buckle the fuck up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. I wish I had more. I got. I need to like write just the whole 
30 minutes on blenders and <laughs> do some like real real edgy rooms it's alt comedy baby <laughs> Uh, I couldn't even commit to that breakup. We got back together, though. <laughs> I couldn't commit. <laughs> I was like, I'm alone. <laughs> but we, when we were broken up, it was like four months. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know how the the older folk in the crowd, how you guys go about dating in this day and age. Probably do it in real life by meeting real people. Uh, <laughs> or I don't know how you have a telephone or like, I don't know, you call people, <laughs> the can on the string and you're like, yeah, I'm trying to get fucked. And then it's like, <laughs> this is your childhood. And then uh, I got on the apps. I got on all the apps, Tinder, Bumble, OkCupid, HelloFresh. Yeah. Don't kink shame me. <laughs> don't kink shame me. I don't, I don't know. I'm experimenting. Like what is a kumquat? I don't know. Is that a sexual command or an overpriced garbage fruit? Let's find out together. <laughs> Let's go on this adventure. I got on the apps, man, and I realized, I realized at least in Portland, it might be the same here in San Francisco. I'm not sure, but in Portland, everybody is, uh, what do they call it, ethically non-monogamous these days. You guys familiar with that phrase, that term, ethically? You're, you're Greek, right? Okay, so you'll get the gist of this, because so that's just polyamory, right? The Greeks, like, they invented that, right? The, I'm not wrong. <laughs> Everyone's like, fucking truth bomb. Yeah, they invented that. Uh, polyamory. Is anybody in here polyamorous? Okay, statistically, that's not true. Statistically, that's inaccurate. Usually how it works out is there's, like, a, a, a straight couple, and the chick's like, no, we're not polyamorous. And the dude's like, well, I mean, she's not, but, you know, I kind of am. And <laughs> that's how that works out. I Polyamory is so funny. It's hip here, right? Pam, I'm not singling you out, but I'm just saying, like, this town's down for that. <laughs> San Francisco's a weird uh, sidebar. San Francisco, I, I, the first time I ever came out here was 2006, and I was visiting my buddy in the Tenderloin. I was walking down the street, and it was the, the only time I ever saw, I was, like, walking by a woman, and she was just smoking crack, and I was like, that's edgy. And then I was, like, I was just walking down the street the other day, and it's just all, it was, like, a woman with a, a, a yoga mat. And I was like, damn, man, San Francisco's really changed. Uh, and then I turned around and she like rolled it out and started smoking crack. And I was like, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, they still got it. <laughs> they still got it. They still got it. Uh, so polyamory back to where <laughs> we're polyamory. I, I don't, I can't jive with it really, but I get it. Like I get the principle. I think polyamory is a lot like communism, right? Like on paper, fairness and equality on paper, it should work out for everybody. Once you bring people in the mix, then somebody's going to get run over by a tank. You know what I mean? <laughs> an emotional tank, of course. An emotional tank, uh, unless you're dating Michael Dukakis, and then it, you got someone to worry about. And I know nobody fucking laughs at that joke because we're all too young, but if you guys... Ugh, fuck, just go Google Michael Dukakis tank, and that joke is, like, so fucking funny. <laughs> I swear to God, it's so funny. Yeah, the, one, <laughs> the guy that actually saw it <laughs> happen. Yeah, dude, he would have been... Man, we wouldn't have had fucking... Bush number one. <laughs> Fucking Dukakis if he didn't get in that tank. Anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Polyamory, the tank. Oh, dating apps, man. Got on there. I matched with this girl, and she had on her profile uh, two comms. It was likes and dislikes. And under the likes comm, it was like taking her dog on walks, going to the beach, margaritas with her girls i was like i can get down with all that that sounds like a fun time it's gonna be a fun date and then i looked over at the dislikes column it's just one thing 
Small dicks. That was it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Small dicks. You just, it, wasn't, it wasn't like genocide or herpes. It was just like the, the one thing in my life I don't want. Small dicks. I get it. I mean, nobody likes small dicks. Even dudes with small dicks are like, this sucks. But, fuck, I would take, you know, fuck, small dicks over genocide any day. I can <laughs> 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 make that into a t-shirt. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about the font. Uh, <laughs> it would just—it would be like red Comic Sans, probably, just irritate people. But I can't—I don't—I don't hate on like women for what they put on their like dating profiles or say online because I know what they get in return. I have female friends, which I know sounds like something who does not have female friends would say, <laughs> but I've seen what they, they receive from dating apps. And if you're like a woman in 2019 and you like don't respond to a dude's message on like Tinder within the first 30 seconds, you just get like a hundred death threats and 30 dick pics like smattered him. Like, like he's just like trying to type out the intro to a Law & Order SVU script on your fucking Tinder thing. Uh, I want to try this last thing out. Uh, real quick, who here has been in a three-way? Yeah? A couple people? There's no joke to that. I'm just trying to see who the cool people are. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. They say all my flavors Carl, I'm so glad you got back together with your blender. I was, I was pacing back there, like, worried about... What was going to happen? Oh, geez, you guys. I tell you what, man. I, I just can't stop picking on you guys. I can't help it. It's just, you're just, you're, you're, you just ask to be victims. Like, victimhood is like your number one. And it just reminds me of, like, Jesse Smollett. You know that guy? Peak millennial guy. He set up his own hate crime and then got busted for it. I mean, they found him through his Uber. Not even smart enough to use a getaway car, man. That's what's wrong with your generation. And they found him with a Subway sandwich. Like, what is this, some sort of like Instagram cross-promotional thing? Like product placement he's doing? Like, some fucking... And, I mean, I gotta tell you, poor Safeway. They're like, first Jared, now this. Like, we just make sandwiches, guys. Get the fuck, keep us out of the, the news, for fuck's sakes. But I tell you, it is one peak millennial moment, that whole case. I mean, he just achieved peak victimhood. That's like the greatest social achievement you guys could take. If anyone from my generation set up that crime, they would have set themselves up to be the hero. You guys just got it all wrong. All backwards. Anyway, hopefully this cat doesn't have it backwards. Give it up for Sonny Dennis. At night I walk this stinking street past the crazy sound my block. And I see the Thank you very much, alcoholic Brian Cranston. That was, uh... Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You're also great as the dad in Westworld. Um, I don't know if anyone gets that, but fucking it's dead on. Yeah, I know. It's not very funny, but it's solid. Um, <laughs> Carl, you look like a millennial Luigi who's like, instead of mushroom, just like vape pens he gets, you know? Yeah. By the way, Rob, what the fuck, man? You call me on the spot about algebra for no reason? <laughs> like, where's the clitoris at, bro? Uh, yeah. It's not very nice, is it? Oh, boy. 
Oh, man. What's going on, guys? This has been a great festival. I'm having a fucking blast. Let's hear it from Mutiny Radio. Good times. Good times. I, uh, I'm millennial as fuck. It's a problem. I got to, like, tone it down sometimes. Like, uh, here's the difference between Gen X and millennials. Gen X didn't follow their dreams. They were told not to. Whereas millennials, everyone was told to follow their dreams. <laughs> which is a problem, because not everyone has good dreams, right? <laughs> this is true. I can, I, can, I, can, I can explain, because I'm one of those kids, okay? When I was 11 years old, you know what my dream was? To be the first child on the MTV show Jackass. <laughs> I see five guys shitting in a hot tub. I'm like, you know what's missing from this? An 11-year-old boy! And I could be him! Yeah. It was weird, because like, there was kids at my school that were like, you know, playing basketball every day because they wanted to go to the NBA, you know? And I'm like, stapling my nuts to a hockey stick. It was a weird... <laughs> My dad was all upset. He's like, if you keep doing this shit, you're going to be in a porta potty And I'm like, really? You mean it? You think so? So I want to get pushed over in them. That's the, uh, that's the goal here. Uh, what else? What else is about millennial of me? Do, do. Oh, you know what the other dream I had was? To be on a game show, okay? But not even to win a game show, just to be on it. Specifically, <laughs> Slime Time Live. You guys familiar? Yeah. I didn't, that's such an achievable dream. I could have done that, and I didn't, which makes me feel like a bigger failure in life, you know? But I realized Slime Time Live went off the air a while ago, and Nickelodeon doesn't slime people as much anymore. They don't slime at all, which is weird, right? You'd think that there'd be a reason for it. So I'm waiting for like an infomercial at two in the morning to come on, and it's like, if you were slimed into the 2000s now of mesothelioma, <laughs> please call the law offices of James Sokoloff. You could be entitled to a free trip to Orlando, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, like, uh, what's the guy that hosted Double Dare? Like, Mark Summers? He's on trial for poisoning thousands of children, and he's like, I had no idea the information wasn't available! And the judge is like, well, Mark, you can be 30 years in prison, or take a physical challenge! Yeah. Me, 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 mesothelioma, yeah. Oh, man. What the fuck was up with Gak? Do you guys remember Gak? Nickelodeon Gak? It was not a toy, it was just a little pile of placenta that you've you didn't play with it you just made fart noises and ruined your dad's carpet you know i want a toy that smells like burning plastic and makes my parents hate me yeah thanks nickelodeon oh boy uh what else i got, I got you know what's millennial 90s movies and i love talking about those yeah i'm sure you guys have heard some of these but i'm gonna do them anyway all right uh did you know that they made four free willy movies Four Free Willy movies, yeah. You know what you have to call that fourth one? A very obtainable whale, all right? <laughs> like, by the third movie, you've earned the whale. You can keep the whale. There's more fish in the sea. We'll be okay, right? And it's like, for there to be a fourth Free Willy movie, people have to watch the third Free Willy movie, you know? So I just wanted to know who's at home, like, damn, Willy got captured again? <laughs> Well, of course we're gonna see it. What if he doesn't get free, you know? Which would be a much better movie, in all honesty, right? Free Willy Five, The Cove. Yeah. Starring Michael Vick. Uh, it'd be great. It'd be a lot of fun. And like 40 Japanese guys, right? We want diversity in Hollywood, and we're gonna get it one way or another. Uh, let's talk about Airbud. You guys fuck with Airbud? No? The Golden Retriever with a heart of gold? Come on! Man, what couldn't that fucking dog do? He's like running for Senate and like doing drone strikes, you know? There's nothing in the laws as a dog can't drone strike. Yeah, that whole thing. I, uh, I don't think there was ever a script by the fourth or fifth movie. It's like two guys in the room like, do you just want to see a dog in rollerblades? 
inline canine. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, what does anyone know what year Turner or who Turner and Hooch came out? Off the top, is that would that be a your generation movie or a my generation movie? That's your guys. Fuck. All right. Well, I'm gonna talk about it anyway. Okay. Uh, so you guys do uh, any any hallucinogenic takers in the crowd? All right. So the best way to do hallucinogens, I've realized, is with somebody you love. Okay. The couples that trip together stick together. This is true. Now, uh, my fiance is not, I'm a little more on the, the other side of the tracks than she is. She's a good person, Asian. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not that. I'm into doing grimy shit, okay? So I'm good at being on hallucinogenic drugs. I'm good on being on acid. She's not as good as me, okay? So we have to plan out our trips, you know what I mean? Like whenever we do uh, acid, we always do a cheese platter. Because that's classy as fuck, right? You guys ever been on acid and had a cheese platter? It's some next level shit, okay? <laughs> Fucking Pink Floyd and prosciutto, it's a good time. Um, but we do the cheese platter, and then we find a movie to just have on in the background, you know what I mean? And you know what's always a good movie? Some like, you know, late 80s, early 90s, have it on in the back kind of a thing. And I thought a good movie to have on would be one with a dog. Turner and Hooch, right? Tom Hanks and a big dog for an hour and 45 minutes. And uh, it was like as late 80s, early 90s as it could get, because he's, uh, he's a detective, not a cop. He's a detective. <laughs> Takes place in Chicago or New York. That was the only place movies happened back then. <laughs> and it's not even a fucking movie. It's just like, look how big this dog is. Look at him tear up my apartment and my office and my cop car. But it's perfect for our, for our acid trip. You know, we're having a blast, okay? And then it takes a big south turn with like 10 minutes to go, okay? Because they find the guy that killed Hooch's owner and uh, then they take Tom Hanks hostage, and they take the dog hostage, and the, right now my, my fiance's getting like, she's getting all antsy, she's tripping, and she's like, what's going on? You didn't say this was gonna be this type of a movie, and I'm like, sweetie pie, it's a 90s movie. They're not gonna kill the dog. They never kill the dog, okay? And that's genuinely what I believed, okay? And it keeps kind of going on, and like, Tom Hanks moves out of the way, and then Hooch jumps up to get the bad guy, bites him, and I'm like, yeah, I see, Hooch has got it, and then Hooch gets shot. Okay? And I'm like, oh, maybe it grazed him. And there's a close-up of dog fur and a bullet coming out the other side. So I can't, you know, oh, movie magic. She's freaking out. She's not having a good trip, okay? And I'm like, sweetie, it's gonna be fine. It's the 90s, they don't kill dogs, okay? That's like, that's like 50s and 60s shit. You know what I mean? Rintins and Old Yeller, all that old stuff. But uh, also, Tom Hanks' love interest in the movie is a veterinarian. So I'm like, this makes perfect sense. You know, bring him to the girl and they're gonna say, that's what happens. They rush Hooch to the veterinarian and then Hooch just dies. <laughs> and they're like, oh, but Hooch had puppies, so it's okay. And the Tom Hanks gets the puppy. It's like, no, fuck that. Cause she's sobbing, okay? <laughs> Not because Hooch died, but because she trusted me, okay? <laughs> I know, uh, we're getting married next year, so. <laughs> Let's hope it goes better than that movie experience did. Oh man, you guys like drugs? That's a cool, that's a big millennial thing. You know what's weird? I mean like, hallucinogens I feel are more of like the, the new gen, like the Silicon Valley kids, and then like cocaine, which is my other favorite drug, is more of like the Gen X drug. What's your jam? Weed? Really, if you had to choose between a good mushroom trip and a good cocaine binge, what would it be? Okay, I like your style. Uh, you see, the, I know for, that's better for me, honestly, but man, I like cocaine. Like, cocaine's great. I accidentally became a cocaine dealer when I was uh, 18. <laughs> it's very, that's the thing everyone's like, oh, what's it like growing up in Hawaii? I'm like, it's pretty fucking weird sometimes. Like, shit, <laughs> shit happens, okay? Let me paint a picture for you, okay? The year was 2010. 
Hannah Montana was still Miley Cyrus, you know? <laughs> Lil Wayne was the greatest rapper alive. Shit was different, okay? Now, I had just gotten accepted to Maui Community College because, as they told me, you will get $5,000 from the government, okay? It was called the Pell Grant, or as I call it, the Hell Yeah! <laughs> it's not a lot of money to you guys, but it is to me and my very low expectation of living, okay? First thing I did, bought a truck for $800. Then I went to the local dormitories, paid a year rent right away. Yeah, because these dorms also doubled as low-income housing for the public. That's true. When you're trying to earn a degree, you can share a bunk bed with a 40-year-old man trying to get his kids back. <laughs> it's crazy. They had, they had like a rec room and like half of it would be like, all right, we're having movie night and it's Shrek 3. And then the other half of the rec room would be like, all right, we're having a Narcotics Anonymous meeting tonight. So <laughs> nice mix of people. Uh, I hit the jackpot though, okay? Because I got roomed up with two 40-year-old uh, people, the guys that got out of prison recently. And you guys are like, that's not good. But it is, because I grew up white in Hawaii. So this is my chance to be cool with Hawaiians. You know what I mean? Because, like, they don't, man, they, they call us howlies. They do not. Understandably, okay? Because, uh, historically speaking, white people are like Willem Dafoe. I don't know what the role is or what the movie is. Pretty sure he's the bad guy, though, okay? <laughs> and that's what it was like in Hawaii. They're like, you're howly, fuck you, you know? But... Two new roommates got a chance to do something different, try to do something new, okay? And they liked, you know, they always would ask, they knew I had trucks. They're like, hey, can you give us a ride to the other side of the island at two in the morning? And I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm woke as, I was woke before being woke was a fucking word, okay? <laughs> I was playing all my reparations, white guilt, all that shit. You guys are all new to this, all right? Back in Hawaii, we've been living this since day one, all right? <laughs> now, I ended up like taking them like for like weeks at a time, just all over the place. And, you know, it was like me making me feel good. Anyway, one time with the guy, I was like, can I give you gas money or anything? And I'm like, no, nah, it's all good, man. I'm just helping out my roommates. And he's like, you're a good guy, man. Why don't you check your glove compartment sometime? And uh, I never did, you know. And then a week went by, and I looked at my glove compartment, and there was seven grams of cocaine in there. I know. Yeah, I didn't do cocaine. I was kind of like, I don't know what to do with this. And the next day I went to school, one of my classmates was like, do you know where I can, I'm at a bachelor party. Do you know where I can get some blow? And I was like, dude, I totally do. Like, <laughs> And it just happened. But here's the thing. I started doing, cocaine is, that's the thing about a drug problem, okay? The first, like, hour of that movie is pretty great, okay? The first month of a drug problem is awesome, you know what I mean? Because I'm selling it, too, so it's not like, it was like Scarface, but instead of, like, you know, the push it to the limit montage, but instead of, like, uh, fancy cars and women, I was just going to IHOP a lot and getting... <laughs> playing Xbox really late, you know, it was fucking, it was a good time. And uh, you know what's weird enough is the, the IHOP was the problem with the whole situation, okay? Because it was 24 hours, all right? It was next to my dorm. One day I sold all my cocaine, had 700, no, I had $500 cash in my pocket, all right? Feeling good, and I'm like, I'm gonna go get some pancakes, why not? Let's enjoy the night. And as I'm leaving my 2 a.m. breakfast, I see on the table it says, buy a $50 gift card, get a $20 gift card. And my eyes lit up, all right? Because I realized my money was worth more in breakfast dollars. <laughs> so I just liquidated all of my assets and invested it into an economy based on pancakes, okay? <laughs> I walked out that door with $700 in gift cards, yeah! It, was a, it felt great for like 12 hours, and then I woke up and was like, man, you know what I would prefer over breakfast? Cocaine, yeah. <laughs> the people that bought cocaine for me, you know what they didn't like? Gift cards. It was, uh, 
they didn't take the gift cards back. It was a whole messy thing. And my life got shitty after that. Like, I had to move out of that dorm. I was still addicted to cocaine. People, I ended up selling half the gift cards for like 40 bucks. It was not a good look. And the big irony came when uh, I had to go back to that, uh, you know, that, that Narcotics Anonymous meeting in those dormitories. And like one of the guys was like, man, I lost everything because of, you know, the cops. They kept coming in always, you know, fucking with, I got arrested. It was a whole thing. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. And the other guy was like, yeah, I was getting high on my own supply constantly. So that's why it didn't work out for me. And they're like, what about you, Sonny? How did it happen for you? And I was like, ah, stuffed French toast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Uh, I, got a thing, I think I got time for one more here. All right. So uh, I'm going to let you guys do a little choose your own adventure here. Okay. Uh, you got to, let's talk about my relationship. Okay. You want to hear about the, uh, the music in the relationship or the role playing? All right. Well, that's much more fun. Okay. So I've been with my fiance for eight years. Okay. And I thought it would be easy by now. Like you have the cheat code. It's all figured out. You don't have to worry about anything. That's not true. I have to do so much more stuff, especially in the bedroom. Okay. The thing this year was role playing, which I thought would be fun. Like I'm doing an accent or like an eye patch or, you know, something fun like that. No, what my fiance wanted me to do with role playing is pretend to break into our apartment and hold her down. Okay? Yeah. Something we found out about role-playing this year. I'm terrible at sexual assault. <laughs> which is not a bad problem to have by today's standards, in all honesty. But in my relationship, it is. Okay? Because it's her fantasy, and I'm ruining it. Okay? She's like, you're not even going to try. Don't even do it. And I'm like, God damn it. First it's the bookshelf. Then I'm making enough money. Now it's the rape. Ah! You're just like your mother. All right, you guys have been great. Have a good night. <laughs> Oh, give it up for Sonny Dennis, my college roommate. Well, he was in college. I was his roommate. You know what happened. Oh, man, trading money for gift cards. That is some cracked logic, man, for fuck's sake. That was a good one. All right, man, well, give it up for your comics you saw tonight. Robert Pang, Carl Berger, and Sonny Dennis. Unless you'd like me to just roast you guys for a little bit longer. Go out and enjoy the rest of your free time before the next show. Who's up next, Pam? Uh, the next show is... I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> I can't even remember anymore. Oh, the time machine. The time machine. Time machine. Jokes yeah. backwards and forwards in time. Or just jokes. I don't even know. That's I, a perfect like, explanation for Mutiny Radio yeah. this weekend, right? <laughs> the time machine for Pam. Just yeah, the what is it time? Is. It's crazy. All right, give it up one more time for yourselves, everybody. And come back for the rest of the festival. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs>
Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun 
done karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Navoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, don't. <laughs> know anything about it sorry <laughs> all so, on my limited view yes every tuesday from 12 to 2 uh oh you can if you, you can also find us on apple Podcasts. oh yeah and google play and stitcher itunes oh you already said T- that tune in radio uh stitcher you said that spotify oh my god there's just so many and overcast um yes you can also find us on social media m as in mary l as in larry p as in peter podcast mov podcast is our handle Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast.
Flat Black Plastic Mutiny Radio FM Please enjoy These are all records I got in the past week Oh, we need your money Please send us money What we're gonna do with safety class So If you promote safety Send us money
some reason or other didn't like it. But like I said, too, I promise you take care of my brother-in-law still while he went in the woods. Went up there and it was just where the map said it was. And I'm going to tell you somewhere no and still it was lady just like a golden mountain opal. <laughs> With a kind of a honeydew cry coming from it. I had a drinking man like I explained to you, but that big old yellow moon was hanging out there. God's landings was hanging in the sky. And that curiosity got the best of me. And it took a slash. And I got a crazy revolutionary feeling in my body. That yellow whiskey went down my throat like honeydew vine water. <coughs> Tasted mighty good. Another revolution going through my body like there was a great neon signs going up and saying there's a great life coming. And I started to sing, I started to sing in that big old yellow moon, hanging out there in God's sweet lanterns, hanging in the sky. And as I sing, now quit singing no performing art, but I was singing as fine and as pretty as you'd ever want to hear. And I took another slash, and I took a big
While you paint the town Mr. Blue Warm bright red to turn it upside Okay. Um, there might be some empty 